Welcome, everybody. I'm clinical psychologist Dr. Steve Thayer, and this is Psychedelic Therapy Frontiers, the podcast devoted to exploring the frontiers of psychedelic medicine and mental health. My co host is Dr. Reed Robison. Reed is a psychiatrist and seasoned psychedelic researcher and clinician. Today, Reed and I have a brief conversation about emotions. We discuss whether or not there are good or bad emotions, what healthy emotional processing and expression look like, and how emotional triggers can be pathways to healing. Please enjoy. Reed, let's talk about feelings. Let's talk about emotions. It's uh, We all have them. Those but, pesky things. Right. They're, they're <laughs> misunderstood. We have to deal with them all the time. One of my favorite encounters with emotions was with my kids, and uh, I heard one of my sons say, hey, you know, Max hurt my feelings. And then Max said, well, Miles, do- Miles doesn't even care about my feelings. Uh, <laughs> and he was so hurt and so wounded. Was it care? Hates. Uh, Max hates my feelings. Feelings are hard to cope with, but they kind of run our lives. Read. what are feelings? Hmm. What are emotions? I like this topic because I think it's it's such a misunderstood concept like emotions exist to help us navigate the world like emotions give us very rapid important information in real time about what we need to navigate life in a good way Mm -hmm. right i don't know is that how you see them i think i think of feelings as messengers they they show up and they each different type of emotion has its only its own style yeah but it's here to tell us something And sometimes that message is something we don't want to hear. So we'll do whatever we can not to feel it, you know, to ignore it. Yeah. And so each emotion has has this bodily felt sense. Mm -hmm. Like sadness might be heavy or slow. And it might be in some people like a lump in the throat or a, uh, a certain sensation in the belly or you know something else in the head and Pressure shoulders the eyes, yeah. yeah and then the there's an action tendency with each emotion as well like you're sad the typical action tendency is you need comfort or mm. you know fear f- shows up a certain way in our sensory world but it also warns us of mm. a potential threat mm-hmm. right? and sometimes those wires get crossed and you know we 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 get sort of the wrong <clears throat> action tendency uh, for a particular feeling. So, yeah. And I like in the emotion focused therapy world, they talk about primary and secondary emotions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're having an emotion like anger, but anger actually is the secondary emotion. There's something underneath the anger that maybe you don't want to confront or you're not used to feeling like sadness. This is typical, kind of the stereotype of, of men, how men deal with their sadness is they get pissed instead. I know I've experienced that with embarrassment. Like I don't, I don't like feeling embarrassed. I don't know a lot of people who do. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some embarrassment fetish out there, but <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it. And so sometimes when I'm embarrassed, I'll get aggressive as a way of sort of protecting that embarrassed part of me. Get you know, get angry. Yeah, and but by doing that, you're triggering the behavior you want to avoid. Mm-hmm. Or you might have a sadness that needs comfort when your reactive anger is pushing away the people who could help you meet a need. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Reactive anger. Right. I mean, there's, uh, there anger. So I guess I'll, I'll put this in a question. Are there bad emotions? Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't 
view it that way. I, I think the way you put it, I like, is that the wires can get crossed or there can be times in our lives when it was not safe or confusing to feel these emotions. In fact, look at uh, how most of us were raised. Like mm. you fall off your bike, scrape your knee. Oh, don't cry. Yeah. Like here's an ice cream. Here's don't some be sad. dopamine yeah. instead. And, uh, and you could see why that showed up. Like look at like World War II era mm-hmm. when uh, we already weren't displaying that many emotions, but you send so many men off to war where it was not an option to feel feelings to their full expression mm-hmm. in the trenches as a sniper or something. Right. And then they brought that home to their families as well. And it became uh, kind of deeply ingrained in our culture to repress feelings. Yeah. And we, we've come up with really destructive ways to repress them, to numb ourselves. Uh, substance, substances, mm-hmm. you know, all these self-defeating habits in particular. Yeah. So to answer your question about anger, I view it as there's healthy, empowered anger. That's one of the one of the best things because mm-hmm. it's a primary emotion with an action tendency of like, hell no, right. no, you can't talk to me like that. Right. Uh, instead of uh, just what we might have been uh, trained, don't speak up, don't uh, displease someone by yeah. speaking your truth. Um, so we start to numb that away. We disconnect from the signals that are there to guide us, mm-hmm. to save us. I feel like anger in particular, anger is boundary-setting fuel. You know, without, without that anger, you know, anger says, hey, injustice has been done. Uh, seek justice. Or, hey, a boundary has been crossed. Establish the boundary. And a lot of people um, who have been raised in sort of a polite culture... The, the sort of be nice, don't perturb people. They don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Anger can, can reveal to you who you are. Like, oh, I'm, I'm angry because, especially this primary adaptive anger, I'm angry because uh, something about me, um, you know, this person has offended me or this person has crossed a line. And once I see the boundaries, once I see the, the uh, yeah, the boundaries, then I know where they stop and I begin. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I like that. And one related concept that might be worth touching on is this idea that triggers our friends to follow mm-hmm. and show us, give us some information about our emotional architecture. Mm-hmm. But what do you think of, uh, of that line or idea? I like it. It's, it's, I, like, I also like the, uh, their pathways to understanding triggers mm-hmm. are. We're talking about emotional triggers right? Yeah. And if I'm emotionally triggered, let's say I feel anger or anxiety or fear, some kind of emotion I'm uncomfortable with. For some people, it's even joy, right? The quote unquote positive emotions can be uncomfortable for people. Yeah. Um, If I then try to numb it very quickly, either through distraction, another emotion, a substance, uh, a cell phone, something like that. Yeah. Then I'm not taking the opportunity to follow that pathway and learn what it's about. Something might be in my past, in my unconscious. There might be some kind of unconscious contract I've created with someone or with my internal self um, that's dictating my life. But because I didn't take the chance to pay attention to it, I'm, it's a missed opportunity for learning. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. And so there's this other uh, saying I like 
that's another way of looking at it is when it's hysterical, it's historical. Mm. Or if someone pushes a button inside of us and our reaction is big, like you got embarrassed and you flip the lid, right. come unhinged and start yelling. Uh, when it's historical means it was probably an old wound that they've just touched. It's probably nothing, very little to do with what they just said. It's mm-hmm. something bigger, deeper, earlier in life. Uh, that's showing up that your reaction is trying to protect protect from maybe in maladaptive ways right yeah, yeah i like the way that john and julie gottman the the couples therapy researchers and, mm-hmm. and, and therapists talk about uh stories behind the conflict so yeah. if a, two partners are in conflict as you say it's very rarely about the thing they're arguing about it's usually about something that happened in the past either their own past or, or, you know, in the past of the actual relationship that's driving this. And it's, it's uh, an unresolved emotion showing up as something else. Mm-hmm. And so what I like to do with that is when triggered, uh, take a moment whenever possible and go back, like try and understand, like, what am I feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, am I feeling unsafe or disrespected or um, annoyed or whatever? But then go back to the earliest time in your life when you felt that way and remember the story there right like there might be some very enlightening uh, historical information there to bring back into the present moment and be like oh this isn't about what that person just said to me they just cut me off it's not about that Uh, it's about something I need to heal in front of myself and it gives so much power and agency in our own work uh, to not be triggered and dysregulated all the time when we can start to heal those old wounds yeah and it does it does provide if you're willing to follow the path back to these old wounds you might discover that it is a wound that you didn't know beforehand and you remove the thorn i'm gonna throw all kinds of mixed metaphors in here (laughs) you pull the thorn out and then you're all of a sudden in less pain and because you're in less pain you're not reacting so reflexively yeah so triggers really are friends to follow the obstacle really is the path these are beautiful signposts that point us towards the work uh, which is a blessing right Uh, so every lesson every annoying Mm -hmm. thing that happens can be an opportunity for healing and growth yeah it is one thing to understand that cognitively i know that if i tell a person like you need to feel your feelings they're (laughs) going to say screw Screw you you." (laughs) So it does take some experience, some practice, and support to get there. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you, Steve. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you for joining us today. Psychedelic Therapy Frontiers is brought to you by NovaMind, a mental health company that specializes in psychedelic medicine and research. You can learn more about NovaMind's mission to increase access to legal, safe, and evidence-based psychedelic medicine at novamind.ca. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen or watch. Also, if you're feeling generous today, please leave us a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. This will help us get into the ears and faces of more people and help us put wind in the sails of the psychedelic medicine renaissance. Thanks for listening. Hey listeners, it's Steve Thayer here, letting you know that Numinous offers unique training opportunities for mental health practitioners to develop their skills and expertise in offering psychedelic-assisted therapy to clients. 
These courses are carefully crafted by numinous professionals like myself, Reed, Joe, and others, and offer a variety of high-quality learning experiences. So if you would like to learn more about these trainings, you can find the link in the show notes below, or you can visit numinous.com forward slash training. That's numinous.com forward slash training. The content of this podcast does not constitute medical advice or mental health treatment. Consult with a medical or mental health professional if you believe you are in need of mental health treatment.